Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard on VSEN. It is our number two of the Lombardi line live from downtown Las Vegas and our circus sportsbook studios. Thanks for making us a part of your NFL betting content day here with Mike Pritchard. I'm Ben Wilson. Big thanks to the whole crew as well. Andrew Ingold, our technical director. We got Sergio on graphics, Mikhail on audio, Matt Santos, our producer behind the glass and Josh Applebaum. Ready for that, Mike? Joins us in about 30 minutes. Uh, we get uh, some some shout outs too on Twitter as well. Vegas Valkis. So I'm very jealous. He's got he's a screenshotting his Kenneth Walker the third 20 to one Ooh. offensive rookie of the year ticket from earlier this very year. Very nice. It's a nice one to be on uh, yeah. right now. But as uh, Will Hill, we appreciate him for joining mm-hmm. Will on that plus one ten number right now, which you still can find uh, in multiple spots in the market. The other news we're getting uh, here at the top of the hour. This came out a little bit earlier. We have we're finally into that flex window. Mm-hmm. So Chiefs Chargers flexed to Sunday night next week for Week Eleven. I wish we could flex this game just to, like, not existing. Uh, Cowboys-Packers <laughs> this week. Uh, that is our barbecue Fox game here in the late afternoon window. And the injuries now continuing to pile up for Green Bay. Losing Rashawn Gary, leading man with sacks so far this season. Had six coming in. Torn ACL. He's done for the year. Eric Stokes, top young corner, also yep. lost in that game as well. Among eight different in-game injuries for Green Bay. So we thought it couldn't get any worse, Mike. And then last week happened at mm-hmm. now three and six for, for Green Bay. It's it, the personnel was bad to begin with, but right. now you're you have a, a bunch of other guys now on a pretty previously thought to be solid defense here that are out. Yeah, I mean, we thought it was going to be a solid defense, uh, but they have not lived up to expectations. They have not helped out the youth situation on the other side of the ball offensively for the Packers at all. Uh, so a lot of pressure right there. Now the injuries have mounted. I mean, I, you know, you're looking at injuries to Dobbs as well. Um, and Watson again. and Watson again he's been injured all year long and uh and then I, I think um Aaron Rodgers ego is injured at this point too to be honest with you um frustration injuries and they're not that th- deep uh with skilled position players and uh Bakhtiari we know he's not full speed 100 percent that so yeah they're they're a wounded animal but they're plus five and a half at home uh I don't know what's in Lambo. I, I know McCarthy uh, he's eager about this return, uh, and he should be because he's got a pretty good team that he's bringing into that stadium. And off a bye. And off a bye. For Dallas. You just wonder, and as much as in the betting market as we mm. say, 
forget about what just happened last. Don't right. Don't overvalue that too much and be a prisoner of what you just last saw. But for a Green Bay team that has so many injuries at wide receiver, also at running back where Aaron Jones gets injured this past week mm-hmm. with an ankle, we're not sure of his status going into week 10 against a Cowboy defense that is among the league leaders in pressure rate and has been in the top five across most statistical categories all year. How's Green Bay moving the ball in this game, Mike? I have no idea. I mean, we know about the Dallas Cowboys defense, right? And, uh, I mean, they struggle to move the ball against Detroit, right? Uh, and, again, I don't want to do recency bias because I know about matchups and everything like that, but I, I have no clue how they're going to move the ball uh, against that rested Dallas Cowboys defense and inspired defense, too, because uh, let's go to the coaching situation and McCarthy going back um, to Lambeau uh, with this type of team, you know, um, when Mike Holmgren took over with us in Seattle, we played the Green Bay Packers. I believe it was on, on Monday, Monday night. night. On I Monday night. The game. He wanted that game so bad. The whole week was about Mike Holmgren going back to Green Bay. Uh, and he just told us about how special the place was and, um, you know, how impactful it has been. But make no mistake, he wants that game. I believe you won that game 30-7. to seven, if Yeah, we, serves me we destroyed the Packers in Lambeau. <laughs> I had to first play the game. Uh, uh, Kitna overthrew me. Uh, but it was a God. starter and go. A starter come back and go. He wanted to light up the scoreboard. That's how aggressive Mike Holmgren was uh, on the outside. Stutter, come back and go. 15 yards, 15-18. Stutter and go. Um, was there. Was just overthrown a little bit. But then D. Mays goes back, a receiver that was in Green Bay. He goes back and has an incredible game. Um, yeah, it was, it was one of those moments, though, where the head coach set the tone during the whole week of practice. And I guess that's my point. McCarthy is doing the same thing with this Dallas Cowboys team. Um, so, obviously, coming off a bye, obviously the expectation is very high because of uh, Jerry wanting to win a Super Bowl. We all know that. We all know what mm-hmm. the expectations are uh, in Dallas. And so, off a of bye, man, and with focus – uh, against a, ro- a wounded animal. I mean, it's five and a half. You're laying five and a half. I, I can't see any way catching points here. Your game with Packers, the Packers. We're laying five and a half. I was wrong. It was 27. Was seven. it 20? It was still. It a, was still a beat a, bl- a blowout. <laughs> Mike Holmgren was uh, notoriously known as a guy with quite the ego yeah. as a head coach. Is Mike McCarthy? Is it really the same thing, or is it more of kind of that under the radar? Like the players, obviously, you know, but he's maybe not overtly saying that. He doesn't well, strike me as that same kind of guy. The similarities, though, McCarthy has a Super Bowl in Green That's Bay. Fair. Uh, Mike Holmgren had a Super Bowl in Green Bay. I mean, uh, the ego or arrogance, right? I mean, the arrogance or the confidence factor uh, stood out from Coach Holmgren, and and it carried into the locker room. We fed off of it too. Uh, he's an incredible, incredible. Um, person from a coaching standpoint to kind of push that button right now McCarthy has he been that guy not not really there was a lack of discipline and all that but we haven't talked about the Cowboys that way this year in terms of lack of discipline Uh, we've been focused on the play and uh, I think if you can get if he's capable of revving up the Cowboys I mean I think there's a lot of several angles here uh, with backing the Cowboys, no doubt. right? And, and you think about Dallas now in, in this matchup where going into the bye, Dallas, eighth against the run, third against the pass on an EPA per play allowed basis. We've talked about the pressure rate numbers mm-hmm. among the best in the NFL. You're taking on a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers who, for all the personnel deficiencies for Green Bay, that was the one guy you could at least point to and say he can conjure up some of the magic to keep the Packers in games. But last week, Mike, three interceptions for just the fifth time in his career – a quarterback rating of around 50, 
fifth worst of his career, and two of the worst interceptions against the worst defense of the NFL that you have ever seen Aaron Rodgers throw, both, by the way, in the red zone. So where are you? Where do you look at Rodgers right now, given the performance from him has been drastically worse, and it's not just the personnel. You can't blame the personnel right. for the throws he made last week. No, well, I mean, I, I think everything everything's a bit, has been disjointed for Aaron Rodgers all year. I, I mean, I, I thought they had a chance when, you know, training camp, he's working out with, with the, the pups, if you will, and but the pups got injured and Rodgers didn't play in the preseason like, like you know, a lot of teams didn't do. And uh, we see a lot of teams with problems that didn't play in the preseason, like with whether personnel or new schemes or, or new coaches. Uh, I, I think Rodgers, his Hall of Fame career is in a rearview mirror right now. Um, I, I, moving forward, he has to be different than a gunslinger or a guy that's got incredible arm talent or a guy who can make every throw. It doesn't matter his... Uh, his stance or where his feet are. I mean, the guy just, he, he's such incredibly uh, talented player, right? We know that about Aaron Rodgers. But mentally, though, to rally a team and get this team revved up and get this team with a, a little bit more confidence or a lot more confidence, Rodgers, that's not his game. That's not who Aaron Rodgers is. And But he never had to do that because he played with Devontae Adams and he played with guys uh, that, that had a high skill level too, though. Mm-hmm. Rodgers knows that he's the best player in that locker room. But that's sad that he hasn't empowered everybody else who needs to get to that level or show them the way how to get there, right? And from a culture standpoint, LaFleur is not doing it as a head coach. And um, it's sad that Aaron Rodgers hasn't realized that for that football team. Well, we all sit here and you can look at the body language. You can see just the general, the long-faced disposition of that oh, team. Yeah. Do you, do you, as a former player, is that a real thing when you, yeah, when you watch them? Absolutely. Think about the Denver Broncos that won Super Bowl 50. And Brock Osweiler was the quarterback. And that team was loaded. One of the better defenses that this game has seen. But they got empowered and they got energized when Peyton Manning came back. Even though Peyton Manning couldn't throw a ball 10 yards. Noodle arm. Noodle arm, the legs, he was done, right? It didn't matter. It was the fact that his presence on the field meant so much to that football team. Now, Brock Osweiler probably was playing better, but it was not the same. You know, Aaron Rodgers could have that impact on this team because everybody knows how great he is, right? But he's putting everybody down. He's elevating himself and separating himself. And that dynamic in a locker room, I don't care who you are. Um, You know, I put on a helmet and shoulder pads just like you, right? And I'm a generation removed from you, Aaron Rodgers. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in my 20s. You're in your almost 40. Uh, so uh, it, it's, it's sad that he did not realize that earlier on. I, I think that could have benefited the youth factor on the team. And uh, now are they going to try to put it together against the Cowboys that, that I, I think they're going to come into Lambeau uh, looking to do some damage against yep. Green Bay. Well, Packers down to 7.5 now in the in-season win total from 10.5 preseason. Dallas now. Tied with Minnesota, third on the NFC odds board, plus mm-hmm. 550. Also within the context of Mike McCarthy returning to Lambeau this week, rumored to be on the short list to get Odell Beckham, who's right. expected the wide receiver to be medically cleared at the end of this week. It's Bills, Cowboys, the two perceived front runners right now. Mike McCarthy saying he, he likes his receiving core, but he's always open to making additions. And Jerry Jones echoed the same thing. Uh, not a surprise to see that. We've talked so much, though, about who is who is next behind Philadelphia and who should be the bet if you're looking for value in the NFC. Uh, 
is is Dallas weirdly a team that's not getting enough love right now in that respect? Same odds right now as a Minnesota team none of us are really believers in? Um, it's possible, but that'll change if they add Odell Beckham Jr., though, a healthy one, right? Because that's going into the year, we had questions about why isn't Dallas adding to the receiving room? Um, they lost Amari Cooper. Uh, they lost, was it the guy that went to Miami? Uh, he hasn't really done much, factored in that much. Oh, yeah, James, uh, the James Washington injury. James Washington too. injury, too. Him yeah, Michael yeah. Gallup, uh, slow to return. And then they had CeeDee Lamb, and then, you know, Dalton Schultz, the tight end gets hurt. So, but they've gotten the job done. I mean, if you put Odell Beckham Jr. on that roster, it's kind of, you know, he's, he's a, he, <laughs> he, if he's healthy that way, uh, that will be impactful. And if the choice is Odell Beckham Jr., are you going to go to an injured quarterback in Buffalo or are you going to go right. to Dallas Cowboys? The the quote from Jerry Jones was Odell Beckham. He'd look pretty good in a cowboy uniform. Yeah, you, I think that's a thanks, Jerry. Thanks for the the uh, the breaking uh, insight on that. When we return, the Lombardi line continues. We'll talk some additional talking points heading into the Week Ten slate. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN. With Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. College basketball has started, and now is the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide. At over 400 pages, it's our biggest betting guide ever with odds, trends, power ratings, and analysis on every team. Our team of experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson and Matt Humans, provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, and breakdown of all 60 coaching changes since last season. The only way to get the guide is to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Sign up now for just $99 and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do all the way through the Super Bowl. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. It is that time on the Lombardi line. What did we say, Mike? Talking points for week 10. The main talking point, though, on this Tuesday edition of the show, right route, wrong route, that we have become so enamored with here, Pritch, over the past few weeks, mm-hmm. thinking about which teams are on the right route in, uh, in Mike's view as the former NFL and college wide receiver. So we start with a team that, that pulled off the upset of the week, the New York Jets. Sure, Buffalo was a kind of a letdown spot for them. 
came out. Uh, it was a it was sort of a laissez-faire, like we talked about effort early in that game. But what do you think about this Jet team that is over 500 and making the most out of a young quarterback in Zach Wilson yeah. who has not been all that impressive yet? They're still, they're still winning games. Yeah, you know what? You said a lot right there, which leads to a right route situation for the New York Jets, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 right? Um, Look at you doing that. I, well, I heard it at nauseum a lot when I played up there. But, uh, you know, I, I think when you say a letdown spot for Buffalo, you're thinking, hey, the Jets could cover the double-digit spread, right? Sure. Not win the game. <laughs> It's something else to win a game, uh, and that something else is Coach Salah, and um, I, I think it's the culture change that has taken place with that football team, and knowing your players, too. Like, they have the next-man-up mentality on the offensive line. We know the situation right there. But defensively, knowing your players, uh, I, I called them last chance you for some of those guys, like Solomon Thomas and some guys that jumped around the league a little bit. Uh, but now those guys are running second team because the emergence of, of, of some other players have established themselves uh, in New York. Quentin Williams leading the way uh, on that D-line. I mean, look at what that D-line did to Buffalo and that offensive line. And uh, I, that's, that's a culture change. That's a shock uh, of, of culture right there. Sauce Gardner uh, and, and what he's added, the dimension to that defense too. But I go back to Coach Sala with uh, taking receipts comment. Uh, and that fed into the culture change. Even with a quarterback that's struggling, right, um, this team is winning games and, and, and upset the best team in, in football. But they have that belief in self, though. And I, I love this segment because I can bring football into betting. Mm -hmm. Like, as a player, you know that everybody's talented. And we, we always had that outlook. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again during the segment that, you know, talent in the National Football League just gives you a chance. Each and every year where you're drafting new talent, it's a crapshoot whether they're going to pan out or not. But talent just gives you a chance. Your mindset and how you believe and what you believe makes the difference all in the world. And uh, Coach Salah has conveyed that to, to the troops. And, man, the Jets have responded. Now, can they keep it going, though, right? Um, I, I, I don't know if they'll get out in front of their skis now because they beat the Buffalo Bills. But I go back to that culture and, you know, you know maybe some big – uh, uh, underdog situations for the Jets. If we even see those moving forward, uh, that's something I'll be attracted to. And for the Jets now, as you point out with the defensive numbers, pretty clearly uh, top 10 defense at this point. Mm -hmm. Betting market has elevated their win total to eight and a half. Uh, right now, if you wanted to bet this with the Jets, <laughs> if you think over at this point in season, from five and a half preseason to now eight and a half, you're betting on them to be an over 500 team. And the question becomes on quarterback Zach Wilson's front, mm -hmm. can you continue to win games with an offensive strategy that is basically let's run the ball and put our quarterback in a position to not shoot us in the foot? Is that, is, is that a good enough strategy, Mike, to consistently win games, even with a defense that solid? You know, it's crazy because Zach Wilson is that pure pocket passer, but we, even with the injury to Brees Hall, look at the running game. I mean, it, it goes to that offensive line and it goes to the willingness to be physical. Uh, and uh, Robert Sala has done that, you know, and, and on both sides of the ball. The trenches have been incredible for, for the Jets. Uh, and, uh, you know, without... They've lost three main offensive know, linemen, too. But that's it's the, next the, man, it's the, the amazing part of it. It's the culture, though. It's the next man up mentality. I mean, Brees, oh, my God, we lose this guy. This could have been rookie of the year, but, oh, we'll just trade for people, and, you know, other people will step in, right? And But more importantly, the offensive line, they lose Vera Tucker, who I think is outstanding. Uh, but, nope, next guy, man, <laughs> steps up and... and they get the job done against Buffalo. 
<laughs> against that defensive line, right? So, you know, that that at six and three, it's incredible to think about. But uh, I, it's the culture change that I'm most interested in that's happening up there with, with the Jets. Third offensive lineman to go on IR already this season for New York. We flipped to wrong route, and we're looking at teams that, again, this might not reflect the actual uh, win-loss record, but it's more the direction Mike thinks these teams are going in. Wrong route. I'm a little surprised to see this team. On are you? List, Mike. Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. Wrong route. I mean, <laughs> well, they have no personnel, and yet Mike Vrabel has them five and three and first in the AFC South. Well, how could they be on the wrong route? Well, because that loss against uh, Kansas City can turn into another loss. I, so. I mean, you had a game plan. Why did you even draft a quarterback? I mean, we kids' gloves, right? Is there anything softer than kids' gloves with, with a quarterback? And Malik Willis didn't even, they didn't even think about giving this guy a game plan to succeed with. It, it was like, okay, let's hold on to this victory if we can against Patrick Mahomes. It, up 17, what was it, 17 to 9? Let's hold on. Let's see if we can hold on uh, and win this game without giving any type of creativity, anything simple, any type of core passing play. To Malik Willis. They didn't do it. Five of 16 in that game, Malik Willis. A core passing play is a hitch route <laughs> off coverage, uh, a stick route to a tight end, three steps, get rid of the football. If it's not there, throw it away. I mean, a quarterback should be able to function that, right? Core play is something that goes back to training camp, something that he might have did in preseason. You can't even implement that in a game plan because you're so scared. Uh, and then on the other side of that, here's why it could turn into another loss next week. Their defense was out there almost 100 plays. Almost 100 plays uh, out there on the field, uh, Ben. And it's like, okay, you got a short week situation. And um, it's just, oh, my gosh. I, I just, I didn't like that. You know, is that on Vrabel? No, maybe it's more on Todd Downing, offense coordinator. But that's what I was going to look at, where you have Mike Vrabel, who's consensus now appreciated as a top five coach in the NFL for what mm -hmm. he's been able to do now back-to-back -back seasons with the team that on paper looks so bereft of talent and overall depth yet continues to rely on an offensive coordinator in Todd Downing whose numbers have been horrible right. offensively among the worst offensive outputs we've seen in the league this season even though they had just won five straight games is that really the solution there? It doesn't look like it to me. Well, he's an 11 personnel guy. He's a multiple three wide receiver guy. He wants to throw it. He, he wants to be prolific. He wants to throw it. So this is out of his nature to condense the playbook. And, and But my goodness, he really condensed that thing. I mean, uh, in fact, he didn't have a playbook. He had maybe five plays. Run, 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 and read option, that it kind of thing. reminded me of when I was a kid and I first started playing Madden mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to shuffle through the playbook. Yep. So I would, just, I would just do, you know, I'd press A, a, and it would always be halfback dive. <laughs> right. And Corey Dillon would then fumble six times in a game because yeah. I would tire him out. That's, that's what it reminds me You could me do of. that with Bo or, or, or Barry, right? Yeah. But, I mean, with Derrick Henry, maybe that was a thought. I got Derrick Henry. Why not do it? I mean, and let's hold on to this 17-9 lead. But at the same time, you expose your defense to, like I said, almost 100 plays. And now on a short week situation, they're going to play Denver off a bye. Off a bye. Like three <laughs> in the market. Right. But now, it's funny you bring that up because a lot of people come out of Sunday night thinking the expectation was a whitewashing, that mm -hmm. Kansas City would blow the doors off Tennessee, favored by 13 and a half at close with the rookie quarterback going on the road. Yet, to me, Mike, most people thought coming out of that game, look, Tennessee looked as good as humanly possible. They just they couldn't, could not put the game away 
Yet, if you assume Ryan Tannehill comes back this week, which is the thought, well, you would likely imagine the power rating goes pretty significantly up for Tennessee. Well, Tannehill didn't practice that much last week, and actually he was inactive. I mean, they elevated Logan Woodside. So I guess he'll be okay. Is he going to be even 100%? You know, remember, Denver's got a pretty good defense. Right? And, you know, a teaser situation. I've been looking at that already. Um, No. Uh, 39 is your total. Yeah, but – you couldn't even move the ball, matriculate the ball to get a field goal because you were so scared calling plays. And if that's your nature, Todd Downing, how are you going to change that in a week? Not a bad angle whatsoever. Yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about teasers in our last segment as well. <laughs> Speaking of your former teams, the Seahawks, mm-hmm. real quick. Uh, this seems obvious, but we, it's amazing, though. Thinking right. about it in the context of the preseason expectations, five and a half the win total in the preseason uh, very much on the right route, the Seacon. Yeah, Seahawks. because of the existing culture. Robert Sala had to change the culture. Pete Carroll had an existing culture. They get rid of Russell Wilson, and here comes Gino, and they don't miss a beat so far this year. So it's the existing culture that is, has attracted me to the Seahawks in terms of a betting. And you look at where they're at now. I mean, oh, man. NFC West, at, at this point here for Seattle, sitting at 6-3 and three mm-hmm. over the win total, and as we update now, the uh, the division odds, which just refresh every Tuesday morning at BetMGM, I'm looking at it now, and it's, it, the Seahawks are still not favored to win that yeah. division, plus 150. Now, we, we are still very high on the Niners, minus right. 135, but that doesn't mean we don't believe this is a legit Seattle team that ought to be in the playoff mix. Right. And they're still, they're still a dog card. to make the playoffs. That's mm-hmm. another angle to look at as well. Josh Applebaum, he's got angles every time he joins the show. He has some Week 10 thoughts already. We'll talk to Josh next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. Head on over to vsin.com. Right now, we've got three outstanding articles. Look at those headshots, too. Matt Humans, he's got our NFL midseason betting awards. Read that article uh, this morning. Outstanding work by Matt. We have Adam Kramer looking ahead to the new college football playoff rankings, which are out. And another article I uh, also happened to, to peruse this morning in preparation to welcome our guy Josh Applebaum. He's breaking down the three NFL games getting early action on the Week 10 card as we welcome you back to the Lombardi line. Josh Applebaum, who is the host of the VEASAN Morning Daily Bets podcast and the Market Insights podcast. Uh, Josh joins us here each and every Tuesday on the show. All right, Josh, you, you wrote the article. Uh, who, who's getting the love so far in the betting markets here early on heading into Week 10? Yeah, Ben and Pritch, it's great to be with you. And by the way, we're halfway through the NFL season. It's kind of unbelievable. 136 games down, 136 games left, so we're right at the halfway point. Guys, it's been dogs and unders just in general. Dogs and unders, about 60% both ways here, doing very well for contrarian betters. Now, the one game I wanted to start off with you guys today that really caught my eye was Tampa Bay and Seattle. This is the game that's going to be Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. It's not London, though. It's Munich in Germany. First time that the NFL has gone to Germany here. And this one just jumps out to me in terms of a line move and one that really doesn't make any sense. And really what we're getting at is some respect to money hitting Tom Brady here. So if you look at the way this thing opened, again, neutral site, neither team is a true home team. So it's kind of a, an accurate reflection of how these teams match up against each other with no home field advantage tied in. But what we did see, guys, is Brady and the Bucks. They opened around a very short favorite, minus one and a half. Now we're seeing them all the way up to minus two and a half. And if we're showing our board minus two and a half, minus 110. But I do see a couple of shops that are minus two and a half, minus 115. So we even may get to the key number of three here. And why is that notable? Because it seems like it's too good to be true if you're on Seattle. And I've been a a big backer of, of Pritch's former team, Seattle. They came through again last week. They've been fantastic this year, 6-3 and three, uh, straight up. They're 6-3 and three ATS. They've covered a ton of numbers here. 
So I almost lumped this in, move into a little bit of that Georgia and Tennessee game from the weekend in college. I know it's not as big as a line, but it kind of has the same thought process of a fade the trendy dog opportunity. Like the public is all over Seattle here. They think the wrong team is favored. You know, Bucks have really let you down here. They obviously had a big win to get back just to the winning column. And Brady, after the game, mentioned that's the most fun he's had in a while since he got divorced, probably. But you are looking at uh, the Seahawks with the big public play, like 80% of bets. Take the points. Take the dog. Wrong team is favored. But here's the big question. Why is this line going to Tampa Bay? 80% of bets are on the Seahawks. Why are we seeing Tampa Bay creep up minus one and a half, up to minus two and a half, even minus three? This would also be kind of a buy low, sell high, bad ATS, good ATS. As I mentioned, you have six and three ATS covering a lot of numbers. The Seahawks, Tampa Bay has been really disappointing, two, six and one ATS this year. But as a contrarian better, I like to buy low on the teams that don't cover, bet against the teams that do cover a lot. It's just kind of a undervalued versus overvalued type scenario here. So it reminds me a little bit of that Tennessee-George game where everyone was on Tennessee. Looks like everyone's going to take Seattle here in this one, early betting, and most likely throughout the week, you're going to get more Seattle money. Yet this line's going to Tampa Bay or Georgia in this spot. So I'd be looking at a money line play here. I know it's your minus two and a half. You're off the key number of three. Uh, but I'd be looking at maybe minus 145 Tampa Bay. It just is very notable to me that public season easy bet, wrong team is favored, take the Seahawks. Then why is this line going to Tampa Bay? And by the way, guys, Geno Smith, uh, just looked at the odds here. Comeback player of the year. He's now a minus 135 uh, favorite to win comeback player of the year. He just leapfrogged uh, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, Rich, Rich knows I'm never betting comeback player of the year again. <laughs> I know. I'm Zach never Prescott doing disaster yeah. last year. Oh, Josh man. knows about that too. Yeah. yeah We're absolutely. not getting involved. No, nope, <laughs> not going to do that. Josh, I'm curious about, uh, because we love your market insights. I'm just curious about, like, whether it's college, like with Alabama, right? And, you know, if they look good, maybe there's a tax there. Uh, Bill Belichick off a good win against Cleveland. There was an over... Uh, inflated line, I believe, because of the Belichick tax. You know, things are okay. You know, Tom Brady winning. Uh, do you sense that there could be a tax uh, because of the benefit of doubt for Tom Brady and Tom Brady looking relieved at the podium and all that? Uh, is that involved in the market in any way? So it's possible here, Pritch. To me, it's more based on kind of the projections that the odds makers set and then kind of when that line dropped and when it was, you know, just the minus one and a half Tampa Bay at a neutral site. A lot of respected betters who have their numbers ready to go as soon as these lines open, you know, late Saturday or, you know, uh, mid, mid Saturday or mid Sunday afternoon, late Sunday night. As soon as that one and a half was there, it just got hit, hit, hit and hit toward Tampa Bay here. So I think part of it might be the fact that maybe Brady, you know, kind of is a little bit more uh, comfortable. He finally got a win. And they, the ironic thing is they didn't cover that number. They were minus three in that game. Right. They're pretty much going to lose the entire time here. But to me, it's just the buy low, sell high. The fact that you know, if you go, if we take a step back, and I told you at this point in the halfway point season, Pritch, that the Seahawks would be six and three, one of the best teams in the NFL, and Brady and the Bucks would have a you know losing record and not very good. I think you'd be very surprised by that. So to me, it's just kind of a sharp line move to the Bucks, but also it's the fact that really, if you're taking Seattle, they deserve it, but you're getting them at kind of their high water mark. Whereas you look at the Bucks, you're still buying pretty low on them because they've disappointed so much. Right. So maybe that's factored in here. Maybe you're getting a little bit healthier. But it's just notable to me this line's going to Tampa despite heavy betting from the public on the Seahawks. At Josh underscore insights is where yep. you can find all of Josh's outstanding work on Twitter. Might have, you might see him pop up on ESPN from time to time too as we, we, were, uh, we were treated to a couple weeks ago with, the, with some of the DraftKings uh, previews on the Monday night games. There are a couple of games though, Josh, this week where the look-ahead lines to current, headline, uh, current lines right now here as we sit on the West Coast on a Tuesday morning I've had big, big moves, uh, one of which involves the Sunday night game with the Chargers coming off a bye from three and a half look ahead to seven here. Uh, I should say San Francisco coming off a bye against the Chargers who just beat Atlanta. 
seven-point line in this spot here. I know there hasn't been a ton of movement, at least over the past 24 hours, but between that line and the Indy and Las Vegas line, both of those were three and a half last week. Both have threatened to touch a full touchdown here this week. What have you made of those two spots specifically and the big adjustments power ratings-wise we've seen just within one, uh, one week's time? Yeah, and Ben, I think you bring up a really good point here because a lot of bettors just look at, okay, what's this line today? But I think if you dig into the past, like I'm a big historical betting system type guy. I like to look at what happened in the past. Is it a guarantee it happens again in the future? No, of course not. But I think the difference between a betting system and a trend is that, and Steve Mackin has done great work on this, but a trend is basically team specific. A betting system is more universal toward the entire league. So I think if you're looking at the look at lines, that kind of, that's kind of telling you, hey, if you're laying a seven now with San Fran, uh, that's kind of a high number here. And again, look at line based on the past. It was minus three and a half, as you mentioned, Ben. So just from the standpoint of you're getting chargers plus seven, it almost seems a little too good to be true. Like, why is this line so high? But a couple thoughts real, real quick here. Number one, what's the situation with the wide receivers on the chargers? We saw both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen miss that last game. They did see some movement toward Pritch's other team, the Falcons in that one. That was three down to two and a half. You still had uh, the chargers win that thing. But here's one other factor here coming off a of bye. Now, I actually liked um, the Chargers in that game yesterday or back on Sunday because they were a favorite off a of bye. That late movement really scared me a little bit. Stayed with my original bet there. You end up pushing. You got a money line. You win here. But my whole point is when you're coming off a of bye, that's a really big advantage historically to favorite. So if you look at this one, maybe part of this uh, adjustment here is just that the Chargers are banged up. A lot of their wideouts are out. We've seen Justin Herbert have a bunch of injuries throughout this year. My initial thought was, is Herbert injured just because this line has moved so much? But I think part of it is San Francisco coming off a buy. If you look at these favorites off a buy, they're 57% against the spread over the last decade. They've done very well, especially a guy like Shanahan getting extra time ready to game plan here. So at this point, I think you kind of missed any value, any look at value here, obviously on the 49ers. But now they're on the key number of seven guys. This would be a kind of a stay glued to your VEASAN.com odds. And where does the juice go, right? Pretty much now it's minus 110 both sides. Do we start to see... Uh, basically, what I'm getting at is I kind of want to take the Chargers as a gross hazmat play on <laughs> Sunday night, but I want to see that plus seven Chargers, Pritch, get juiced up minus 115, like it's getting back down to six and a half. At that point, I could see buying low on a primetime dog, a really contrarian dog, and a look at number that's really gone you know, pretty huge here based on the early number. Yeah, I might look at it this way too, uh, Josh and Ben. Um, you know, Eric Armstead, the, the injured foot, he's questionable now. Maybe there's a chance he could play. That could elevate off a of buy, but the big boy the big boy would be Debo Samuel coming back uh, from the hamstring situation off a of bye, in addition to Christian McCaffrey offensively, right? Uh, you got San Francisco at home. And I don't know if there's some information out there about Debo Samuel. Maybe that's why you had this significant line movement. That's why I was like looking at teasing the San Francisco 49ers down. Uh, but I could see you doing the other side right there, taking the points with the charges though. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point here, Pritch. So the syndicate, they're ready to go for this oh, yeah. one. I like this they one will from, be. <laughs> your, from your angle, Pritch, because, yeah, you're going seven down to one. You know, you go through the key number, obviously, uh, of three here. But, again, five and six, they're not crazy key numbers like uh, we're accustomed to, but they're getting more, becoming more of a key number based on, you know, bringing back that extra point. So makes total sense to me, Pritch. You know, if you're looking to pair that with another one, I look at maybe the Las Vegas Raiders. They've been really disappointing, really maddening here. Mm -hmm. But as a Patriots fan, I just watched – the Colts, and I know there's a system play of, you know, your coach gets yeah. fired, just play the team the next week here, but that looked like a really inept team. If they continue with Ellinger uh, in an offensive line that's giving him no time at all, Vegas in a bounce-back spot. Vegas open minus three and a half, and as Ben mentioned, up to six and a half, seven here. So maybe that's a, a teaser, uh, you know, kind of tandem play there. Bring down the Raiders, bring down San Fran.
Yeah. I, at least for me, Josh, what, what has really jumped out this year is the fact that you, you just listed all the numbers through the first nine weeks of the season. Uh, but you look at generally just these close games. We're, we've had the most single uh, seven-point games in NFL history through nine weeks. Uh, we're, on, we're on pace for that as well. And our final score margin, 9.4 points. Um, closest since 1970, Josh. So I, to me, like the, tease, the teasing up strategy also has been a great early strategy. I don't know how much you've, you've applied that to your handicaps, but that's been the big takeaway for me here early first half of the season. No, great point by you, Ben, because I think public, the thought of a teaser is, hey, I like a team, but I don't know if they'll cover, thinking basically on the favorite, so take them down a little bit. Yeah. But to your point, go the other way. Take that. Dogs in general are almost 60%. Get some more points. Could be even better play there. Yeah. I think that might be a little pro tip That's, next segment. I think you're right. Uh, I think we're going to do that. Josh <laughs> Applebaum, great to see you, Josh. Uh, take care. We'll, we'll check in with you next Tuesday. Ben Pritch, you guys are the best. Good luck today. All right, Thursday night. That is our, our game to preview when we return. We just had this game. We're going to talk about it next. Panthers and Falcons. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Awards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As we're back for the final time, our pro tip of the hour, of which we have one each and every hour across the network, 20 a day here on VEASAN. Given the short margin of victory throughout the NFL this season and the ridiculous number of close games, 72 games decided by seven points or fewer through nine weeks, 
Look at under short underdogs you have conviction on and look to tease those underdogs up. There has been more inherent value on those specific teams this this season than there has been, Mike. And that's, it's been amazing to see how the NFL season here at the midway point, uh, that margin of victory, 9.4, lowest right. since 1970, has manifested in a way that you you can benefit from that with the teasers and, and how popular of an option that has become, something you are very you are want to take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think you can enhance the situation too with the tight margins that we have in the National Football League. And, you know, I do pro football blitz on the weekends with Brady Cannon, and uh, he's such a great handicapper uh, of games. And, you know, as betters, I don't know, or new casual betters, maybe you don't think about it as much, but there's one way that a favorite can win a bet for you, but there's two ways that a, a dog can win a bet for you. So good point. Um, yeah. And the casual betters, they don't think about that. And, and I think when we look at these games, it's about probabilities. At least I've learned that more so than, okay, who's going to win this game, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, if you can enhance a situation where you're catching points uh, as a better, you give yourself a good chance of cashing that ticket. Mike right. Pritchard, I'm still waiting for that uh, invite from the teaser syndicate here in, uh, okay. here in Las Vegas. You might have to get initiated, though. I know I know. there's an initiation. <laughs> uh, some sort of drink some Cabernet, uh, you know, do something. I don't, I don't know Cabernet. what that, I, don't know, I don't know what it is. Uh, go, ahead, go on the golf course. Some, or yeah. we, I don't know. Something like that. Uh, all I know is for, from the difficult part of handicapping, you also have some situations that come up each week that we kind of need that player perspective on mm-hmm. because there are spots that are, are really hard to understand what will we see from from teams like this Thursday night where Carolina and Atlanta just played right in Atlanta two weeks ago, this crazy back and forth overtime game. And now, what, 10 days later, Mike, they're facing off again to start uh, the week in week 10 Thursday night football with Carolina, a short home dog, about two and a half or three. How do you approach that as a, a player when you are seeing a team that familiar but also that recent to the first matchup. Well, well first of all, you know, these two teams, uh, divisional matchup, there's not going to be much uh, change uh, on a short week. They're going to do walkthroughs. Uh, there's not going to be enough change, a, a lot of change, because they can't. Like, Carolina can't, they, they can't change a lot of who they are right now, and certainly Atlanta cannot change uh, who they are right now. So with walkthrough situations, preparation that way, uh, we're just going to line up, right, and try to execute better than the other team. Um, I'm so... I got a question for you because the lines at minus three for the Falcons, and we all have the recency bias to the game, right? And I get that. I mean, Atlanta had no business winning that game. But in the explosive age of sports betting because of legalization, mm-hmm. um, it's been driven by quarterbacks, right? Uh, and quarterbacks mean so much to the number. So I guess my question is, is like, should we explore – what running backs slash running games meant to the number back in the day, like my day a little bit, and then previous of my day, should we start to explore that? Like how much that situation meant to the number? Right. When you probably consider like back in in early 90s, like the Emmett Emmett Smith with Dallas, Mm -hmm. take him out, that would probably be your equivalent today to like a, yeah, what is Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen with or without them in, in the lineup. I mean, it, it's a good point to make when you think about the, the overall shift mm-hmm. of the league over the years. But it also, at the end of the day, you still always have to compare who is that person being replaced by. And so as much as you could say, well, I think it's a fair point to think about where, okay, maybe the, you know, the running game, there's not as many truly elite guys anymore. And, and the number outside of, I'd say, probably Derrick Henry – is it going to completely fall off a cliff if one guy is out? Mm-hmm. You even think about it, though, on the quarterback perspective, and you, you wonder, all right, well, let's say P.J. Walker isn't playing. Like, if we just use the example for this Thursday night, 
well, who is the replacement and, and where is the drop-off if there is any? In this case, there is none. Right. Uh, Walker, for what it's worth, is said to be starting this week. Sure. Uh, but that it's a classic case of like, even even these quarterbacks that are viewed to be kind of mediocre and like Mar- Marcus Mariota would be the other example mm-hmm. this week for Atlanta. So even if they aren't all that dynamic or or really somebody who's going to shape a line, if they're out, like who is replacing them? And that's what you have to, I think, right. have to ask yourself. Same deal goes to the the running backs, but certainly it's it's much less of an impact now, given just how easy it is to plug and play guys at running back mm-hmm. versus where that is at at quarterback. Well, that's why I threw in running game because I'm trying to involve the offensive line too. Um, but like, why are why are the Falcons minus three in this one when Marcus is a quarterback and yeah, PJ Walker on the other side? PJ Walker, if he struggles, you got Baker Mayfield that you could bring in, and he looked okay, right? Um, I, I, it's in fast. garbage time. In garbage, albeit. in garbage time, in garbage time. Like, albeit, but is this line to da- uh, to the Falcons because Cordell Patterson is playing? Right. That's a good I mean, question. It, he, it, I mean, he gave them a huge oh, boost last week. He, yeah. he, truck, he ran over some linebacker, right? Yeah. I mean, it, but the impact of that, but that's the impact of the running game and that specific player that could be influencing this situation in this game, especially that we just saw this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cordell, Cordero Patterson being back involved now could be different this time around. At least for this matchup, if you look at the Carolina offense, when we saw the game against Atlanta two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. Falcons were were defensively unable to stop P.J. Walker in Carolina. Panthers in that game in the 37-34 overtime loss and put up 478 yards, six and a half yards of play. (laughs) Last week against Cincinnati, Carolina overall in the first half had three three and outs, Mm -hmm. four punts, one pick, and one fumble. Grand total of 32 yards on 17 plays. Which offense are you getting this week? Well, That's where your handicap, to me, has to start in the Absolutely. Spot. Great point, because I, I think as players in a situation that Carolina's in, you're not, you don't have team goals right now. You have me goals. Uh, and, and, okay, if I'm playing a familiar opponent, I'm going to feel more confident about my goals. Uh, and nobody expected P.J. Walker to play that way or to launch a, a bomb that way. And, um, but I, I think against familiar opponents, you can get those efforts, though, for sure. Not collective as a team. And that was the situation on the road where, man, the team aspect really could have helped the Panthers, but they're not a team, you know, to go up against that animal with, with Cincinnati mm-hmm. and the fans. But at home inside a division, again, and you should have beat this team. You should have won the game. Uh, that, that's something you could back, I think. I, I, believe, I mean, you're catching three points here, and teasers are attractive. I, I like the Falcons in a dog situation more than a favorite situation. Right. It, well, and I look at this Atlanta team now. Last three weeks get absolutely doors blown off by Cincinnati, who mm-hmm. did the same thing to Carolina this past week. But Atlanta team, I bet the, each of the last two weeks, had them in a money line parlay. Very lucky, I admit, against Carolina two weeks ago. But offensive and defensive line-wise, Carolina dominated the line of scrimmage right. when you watched that game. Last week, after the Chargers actually got off the bus, which they didn't do until they were down 10-0 in that mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. Chargers really dominated the line of scrimmage in that spot too. And, and you ended up in a, a back-and-forth spot where you pushed, uh, like I did, having bet the Falcons plus three. So at four and five and tied for the division lead, did we maybe get a little ahead of ourselves in thinking, well, Arthur Smith as a head coach has done this great uh, redemption job in getting Marcus Mariota to play at this type of level. Uh, or is this is this Falcon team one really more limited to just the Patterson, Mariota, Pitts-type stars that they have on the offensive side and really not much else overall? Yeah, I mean, they have London, and, you know, he's a 
bigger just body guy, but yeah, but it's, just throw it's him in there. But it's the quarterback, though. I mean, I haven't seen Marcus elevate, and in fact, he threw a critical interception in that game against Carolina. Um, but AJ Terrell, he's questionable. I'm looking at the injury report right now, and um, Eric Harris is questionable. He's a safety. Uh, so Cordero Patterson coming back. I, I don't know if that's the biggest influence on this line right now, though. I have to think to a degree. Mm-hmm. It, it probably would be. And we, so, cause we, because we saw the money come yeah. pretty significantly towards Atlanta uh, last week. That was as high as three and a half for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. It's very rare in NFL betting that you get a game, not just to come off of a key number, but to actually start above a main key number like a three, three and a half, come down to that key number. And then there's not even... Like, there's not even the, the point of betting the other way. Like, it yeah. just kept going. There was no benchmark there for other bettors on the Chargers to say, oh, that's my buy point at three. That went all the way through to two and a half was a right. very popular dog play. Obviously, depending on when you bet that, you either won or you, you pushed, basically. Looking at our VEASAN uh, page here, uh, bets breakdown, I mean, 79% of bets are on Atlanta right now. You one of them? No, no, he's not. I'm a little. Like, I'm. This is. A, I have not played many Thursday night games, yeah. and for good reason. The short week. Yeah. A lot of questionable guys in the injury report. To me, it's a stay away. If you wanted to, this this does represent though. We were just talking about good teaser leg. I would say for Carolina in what should be a tightly lined game. All right, that's uh, that's all from us. We're done on the Lombardi line. It's Beeson Big Bets. I'm all shot. Dave Ross coming your way next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.